0: This is this is the In the Black Podcast. In the Black bro. <laughs> and it's now one of the this best is. podcasts I ever heard though.
1: Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome what's up what's up what is up back once again it is the incredible in the black podcast and in case you weren't aware this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men who are all the number one draft picks in their life i am your host big o mr in the black himself but you know i can never do this alone let me introduce the rest of my game day panel l say what's up man
2: This motherfucker said game day, panel. Like, game day. What's up, y'all? I apologize ahead of time for my co host and his whack ass intros and openings. But, uh,. yeah how y'all doing man
1: <laughs> you just a hater and if you're checking this All out on youtube time. yes sir yes indeed and if you're checking this out on youtube make sure that you check us out uh, make sure you hit that thumbs up button it goes a long way also make sure that you hit that red subscribe that helps us a lot as well and please follow us across social media at in the black pdcst on facebook twitter and on instagram but before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show l please tell these good folks how they can become part of of the family, if they
2: want to do that, man. First off, we want to thank the family that we already have, because without you guys, we would not be able to do the things that we're doing. I know we come on and we give you guys a whole bunch of shit all the time, or I do anyway. Um, yes, but sure, sincerely, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll but... take that. I'll take that because some of you bastards, I do hate. Uh I <laughs> know who you are too. I would call names, but you know, I'm trying to. Trying to, Try to behave. Best behavior show, for the first some, 30 minutes grace. of the show. Show some nah, grace. <laughs> he know who he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, anyway, man. man. Appreciate you guys, man, for being a part of the family. And for you folks who want to join the family, go ahead over to our website, nope, in nope www.intheblackpdcst.com. You have the ability in the yeah, I'll fuck it up. Fuck? I, I know. <laughs> I know I should know it by now. Anyway, if y'all type in, in the black podcast, y'all find us. We're gonna shoot right there on your Googles, right? But the thing that you can do when you come up is you can collect the Become Family tab. And this is important, man. Why this motherfucker laughing? <laughs> By the way, I've said motherfucker at least four times already. At least so.
1: four
2: times okay. <laughs> at least four times. Lord have mercy. Uh but anyway, man, listen, uh become member family tab. Become family tab. On this is an important screen. it's like three important things that you can do. You can buy swag, uh, high quality swag too, by the way, because I own some of this shit and it is held up rather well. It's not like some of that shit you get at Roland Martin and some of these other bastards uh websites but also you can donate directly to what we're building here independent black media actual independent black media we're not begging people for sponsors to come through all that type of shit we're looking for you guys to donate to us so we can continue to build you can come straight through the cash app dollar sign in the black pdcst but what you don't want to miss is you really want to become a member of our patreon family you get a lot of good stuff over there, man. You get some of the, the off-the-cuff segment is absolutely bananas, literally. Uh <laughs> You think we're unhinged <laughs> during the actual show. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Listen to that shit. And by the way, <clears throat> earphones, not safe at work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, you will get fired. Your boss will hear my voice and hear me say... White people ain't shit, and all of y'all. Are gonna try. <laughs> but yeah, man, we thank you guys. Come through, become a member of our Patreon. We really would appreciate it. No doubt.
1: It's all hard. right, man. We're going to jump into this Andrew Gillum thing, man. Your your homeboy uh, Andrew. I don't even know what Andrew did this time. Listen, my guy. So Andrew <sighs> Gillum is facing Jesus. federal indictments. For uh, said federal indictments, narrowly lost. Uh, he, you know, he lost to Ron DeSantis in 2018, oh, yeah. by a very, very small margin. And but he is facing 21 counts for wire fraud, related conspiracy charges, and making false statements. 21 counts. Gillum and his mentor. Her name is Sharon Letterman Hicks are both charged with fraudulently fraudulently fundraising from, quote-unquote, various entities between 2016 and 2019. The (sighs) Justice Department says that Hicks diverted those funds from these entities to a company she has control of and then disguised the monies as payroll payments to Gillum. Now... (laughs) I liked Andrew Gillum.
2: I thought that he was because Is this after he came good? out as bisexual, or before he. <laughs> I just want to be for the audience. I want to be clear.
1: <laughs> I just want to make sure. I just want to
2: make sure <laughs> that sure. the, LG, nah, the LGBTQ sure. people <laughs> they wasn't outside <laughs> my door
1: because <laughs> you was about to because go off be, and they were going to get you, ready, bro. You'd be, ready, you'd be ready to give me the anyway. I liked him when he was running for governor. Him being the former mayor of Tallahassee, the way people said that he galvanized and helped that community, I really respected it. And then, of course, when they did, when DeSantis and Gillum did their uh, their one debate, he... He killed he took, it. Yeah, he killed it. So yeah. I really had a good, a fond liking of Gillum. But can I just honestly say after the gay, sex, coke fiend, blackout thing. 2020.
2: March 2020. Yep, Everybody told Andrew. Bro, Andrew, shut it down, bro. My God. Shut it down.
1: After that. Not even that, but don't forget that prior to the 2018 election or during the 2018 election, he was already getting investigated for some erroneous mm. and ridiculous shit involving money once again. And he somehow beat that. I don't know how he did, but he somehow I don't beat know how that. He did it either. But here we are, 2022, and it's hard for me to say this, but I, I got to keep it 100. Florida dodged a bullet. A
2: as bullet bad hit.
1: as that... As bad as, as bad it sounds... As because, we
2: have, is. God.
1: because, I mean, you got fucking DeSantis. That dude is... He's a nutbag. We've seen what he's done and what he's said alone. Talking, about. what he's going to do. Yeah, sure. what he's continuing to do, to be very honest with you. But at the same time, Florida dodged a bullet. You know how bad you have to fuck up to make DeSantis look like the right choice? The right choice for they, you?
2: They were looking for a reason not to fuck with you anyway, I mean, You just—you keep handing them these you keep pips on to them. them. On a platter bro like my guy the one and it's always fascinating when politicians get jammed up for the financial side of things right because i'm like that's that's the first area that they're typically going to be examining and looking to see your if finances wrong, yeah. they're yeah. always gonna look at your finances like bro how can you not i guess when right? i mean uh, god bless you bro i don't know what to say to you uh But you should have took that L in in March 2020 and went into a whole
1: different
2: different lane. But you decided that you was going to hop back in the political realm and you Mm -hmm. thought they was going to say, oh, okay, yeah.
1: I mean, like I said, at this point, it is what it is. It's it's sad to see, because honestly, like if he is genuinely the person that many people purport him to be, it just seems as though. He's fallen victim to corruption, right? You know what say Absolute power corrupts absolutely. You find yourself in True. a position of power, and what do you want to do? You want to take advantage of that power. And it's unfortunate because, like I said, g- genuinely, it seemed like a lot of people, especially in the Tallahassee community, He was on the rise. Yeah, he was on the rise. But here we are. Yeah. But, and this the worst part about it, though, if he can't dodge this bullet, this second Ain't bullet, no I guess, a third, he can yeah, spend... It's over making for him. making false statements carries a maximum sentence of 5 years conspiracy to commit uh wire fraud maximum of 20 years wire fraud itself maximum of another 20 years he could spend 45 years in jail my man 45 years in jail all because you said you needed a I, I, let me not demean it cuz well,
2: money is money the, but the, still the fact the part is when the FBI calls you in for questioning, the FBI is not calling you into for questioning like the local police department is. If the FBI calls you into question, they already have something on you, bro. Like they already have something. No, you right. So you go in there and you start lying to the FBI?
1: But this is the funny thing about it, though. The DOJ released a statement, but they haven't, provided any additional details which is not typically like them typically if they're going to release a statement they're going to be like okay we got x y and z already lined up this is what we believe right now this is why we're pulling them in but we haven't seen that yet they just released a statement so we'll see where this goes but i mean it's over for you got two kids and a wife man and you already dodged that sex bullet in
2: 2020 Oh, you're gonna hear about the divorce in a couple in a couple months.
1: My guy, and that was what people were asking his wife after this whole. Co- she said that and... she was standing she's, by she's him. Yeah. With him.
2: Oh, she ain't standing mm-hmm. by him now. Ain't no way. You can't keep embarrassing your family like that, man. Right. And then right. expect it because this, these types of things are beyond you just getting caught and jammed up. Like you again are dragging your family. Your wife, because now the conversation is going to come back just like we brought it up. Like, oh, she stood by him before. I don't think she's going to do it again. We'll do it now. That's a level of disrespect that nobody should have to do. That's why I say mm-hmm. when you are doing those types of decisions as someone who is in a relationship, you got to make sure that what you're doing has no potential blowback on your family. And there's mm-hmm. very few things that you can do that won't have potential blowback mm-hmm. on your family damn Andrew call Herschel Herschel might help you out (laughs) y'all can work something out because he's he's lying too this motherfucker talking about he got multiple person he don't have the diagnose multiple personality disorder because he's a Christian and Jesus had multiple personality disorders too yeah that's what he said That's, that's what he said yeah Hold oh, no.
1: on, what? What, what, what?
2: Well, Hold on. Uh, what? what did yes. say? What? Herschel Walker says that he does not have <laughs> multiple personality disorder because Jesus also had multiple personality disorders, specifically the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: hey, man. Herschel, listen, bro. Man. You
1: you man shut the hell up! You're not even serious today, man.
2: I, bro, damn. listen. I'm going to make sure that you actually get the actual link to him saying this, right? Because I don't want people to think that I'm just shitting on Herschel, even though I don't like him. I and mean, y'all thought I was defending him last time, my man, Herschel, <laughs> bro.
1: Tell me. God damn. Okay. 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 I dig yeah. it. I dig it. Jesus, Jesus had it too. You know? He he's the father of a sudden the whole he's just <laughs> anyway you know what go ahead Elg go...
2: what do we have on deck next man <laughs> brother I want to actually talk about uh, I sent a couple articles but I want to talk about this one man this eleven billion dollars in <sighs> prison money man because I think that one right there is more egregious than talking about what's happening down in Texas with that sheriff. There was an article that was making, uh, making these rounds in some of the, the group chats and places that I hang out. And this particular article says U.S. prison workers produce $11 billion. That's what it be, folks. OK, U.S. prison workers produce $11 billion worth of goods and services for little to no pay. Despite producing nearly $11 billion worth of goods and services each year, incarcerated workers in the United States earn an average of what? Just between 13 and 52 cents per hour across the country. Incarcerated (laughs) workers produce more than, yes, despite producing nearly $11 billion worth of goods and services each year. Incarcerated workers in the United States earn an average of just between 13 and 52 cents per hour. Good grief. A new American Civil Liberties Union report published Wednesday said that wages are low, understatement of the year, and that in (coughs) most cases the government, here's the, the key part, the government takes up to 80% 80% of the pay for room and board, court costs, restitutions, other fees, including the construction and maintenance of prisons. So let's sum it all up for everyone. People incarcerated who are doing $11 billion worth of goods and services and work each year are not getting paid anything. And not only are they not getting paid anything, the little money that they are getting paid the government is taking 80% of that to pay for ruined board, court costs, restitution, and other fees. So not only are you put me in jail, I gotta pay to fucking be here. Like you yep. 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 Now
1: this is for folks that don't know, but this is very well documented. Uh what's what's our girl's name? Um Michelle Alexander. Doc-
2: yeah, Michelle Alexander. Oh, no, um, Jim Crow! You're talking about. Oh, you're talking about your homie Ava DuVernay. Well, uh, Michelle Alexander is my homegirl too. So, what,
1: you could take either one. But you, both. You, of you, you, a, you, a, you a hater from day one. But no, for many, this is well documented. The Thirteenth Amendment, for many folks, especially many conservative-leaning white folks, will tell you that the Thirteenth Amendment is what abolished slavery. But in actuality, it just changed the form that slavery is presented. The Thirteenth Amendment, Section One, says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the united states or any place subject to their jurisdiction what does that mean that means unless open slavery chattel slavery as we know it is outlawed however if you are hemmed up by the police and you have you are unfortunate enough to go to prison you are legally able to do indentured servitude or, and in this case, I, I, we can say slave, we can say indentured servitude because at the end of the day, the money that they're getting, they're not even getting it. I know that I had a homeboy that was hemmed up for five years, and he was working at a quote-unquote call center inside of the prison.
0: Seven lots sure.
1: not too far from here. And I was like, dude, how much were you getting paid? He said, man, I don't even know how much I was getting paid. I just know that once I went to the commissary, I could buy me a couple uh cups of ramen noodles maybe buy me some deodorant and some soap and i ain't have nothing maybe maybe and let's not talk about the phone calls that they have to when you want to you can't call your family because the phone calls are what just to make a collect call out you're paying like nine dollars for every two minutes or some nonsense like that yep
2: and this is the thing man when we have these conversations about oppression in this country we, we often get stuck in this unfair binary of thinking that it's just a black and white issue. Yes, waste and white supremacy exists, but this is a whole system that is run and managed by the government. And I think that was real telling by reading the actual reports that the government is getting Eighty percent of what these folks are making. So you're getting eighty percent off of me making fifty-two cents an hour, and that's the that's the highest, fifty-two yeah. cents an hour. And you working yeah. me like a dog, and yeah. you got all these major corporations who are involved in this process contracts to get into
1: it. Yeah, to get you it about that.
2: Like about it's a that. it literally is slavery by a different name. <laughs>
1: What about that? I know that there is a big debate, and I was listening to it on NPR, actually, earlier today. There is a big debate about reinstituting... I know this is apple and oranges, but just follow where I'm going. There's a big debate about reinstituting the ability for prisoners to now get a degree in school mm-hmm. while they're in prison. <clears throat> there are maybe... A handful of states, and when I say a handful, I'm I'm literally talking like maybe three or four mm-hmm. states that still allow for incarcerated peoples to get a degree, whether that's their GED or some sort of college learning, while they are incarcerated. Um and it still boggles my mind, honestly, as someone who went to college and paid for college, it still boggles my mind that so many people are so upset about people having the the ability to get an education while they're in prison
2: but just think about that for a minute people are because this was a thing this was a thing where people were able to get degrees not just get your GED get a high school you were able to literally be enrolled in certain community colleges Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to take the courses to get degrees. That you could walk out with your associates, yep. This stopped because people felt like people in prison should be punished. Yep, yep. So they shouldn't have no sense of freedom. So even you haven't heard anybody be outraged that the fact that the government is getting 80% of these 52 cents wages, you haven't heard any outrage about $11 billion because again, once you are put in criminal punishment system, you are no longer categorized or viewed by many people as a worthy human. Like you're not, yeah. you're not viewed as a person anymore. And yeah. that is so incredibly heinous and evil. Like, I don't think people realize how bad people have it in jail. We have these storybook ideas of what TV and other people have propagandized and conditioned us to believe that it's like Oz or some other nice jail. No. Prison in jail is horrible. It is not a place for anyone to be. Not even outside of the, the oppressive work they have to do. Bruh, you're in a big ass room with 20 other people. And when one person in that room gets sick, all twenty of you get sick.
1: They were saying that that was one of the largest, one of the largest killers was COVID during the pandemic season because folks yes. coming, they would catch it and it would be a wrap because these prison guards would bring it in from wherever they are coming back from home or whatever, pass it on to the inmates, and folks were just dying. Folks were just dying just left and right, and that was a big, big, big issue. I mean, think about it. They say that in like in Wisconsin i believe <clears throat> they're talking about paying $12,000 a month per person $12,000 per month per person in prison i can't even in fathom it they don't, they don't but they don't even pay that much That's for child... One. they don't pay that much for child, no. uh, for education no no, no. We, we we have this we have this messed up mentality, and you've already alluded to it already. We have this messed up mentality that I know at one point, and then this has been it's been a long raging debate for a long time though, that whether or not you believe that the that jail prison specifically, I should say prison, whether it's for correctional purposes or whether it's for punishment, and during the late '80s, early '90s, especially during that whole Super predator thing and all these other nonsense. People went from saying that it's for corrective reasons and saying that it's for punishment. And then they started taking all of these programs. Some of these, like, they they used to have a lot of mental health programs in prison back in the day. They used to have your ability, not anymore. You used to be able to, like I said, get your GED or maybe get an associate's degree while you're in prison. You can't do that anymore. And, like I said, only maybe like three or four states, if that.
2: Sure. And when we think about the, again, thinking about the epistemology of anything, the origins of anything, right? It's important to start with the origins of something and build from there to get a clear understanding of why that particular thing is working in the manner it works, right? Prisons were never designed and created to rehabilitate and create better people for society. They were put there specifically to punish and to stop people from committing crimes, Mm -hmm. right? It was used as a deterrent. Those things haven't changed. Now, throughout the years, there have been movements where we've seen people try to change and fight for it to become more rehabilitative, but it has never actually changed. Why? Because you're taking people and putting them incarcerated and bringing them out to the very same thing that they left out of. So mm-hmm. if they were incarcerated for trying to survive in poverty. They spend 15 years in jail and they get out. Guess what they're going to go back to? yeah, yeah, Poverty. So yeah. no wonder the recidivism rate is as high as it is. And that's the choice do they have
1: outside of even that. And I, I, I got to take it back to this whole education in the prison system. The statistics show that the number one yeah. deterrent from from the number one deterrent from prison is not these egregious or harsh draconian laws that you may pass. It's education. Always education. Education is one of the largest deterrents from going to prison. It's actually one of the largest. Um,
2: Reasons for a low recidivism rate
1: in the United States.
2: But think about why, though, right? Because if so many people in the country believe that the prisons are set up and designed to rehabilitate someone, that if you go to jail, you'll come out essentially a better person. But if you come out with a better person and a degree, you have a a better high likelihood to get a job because, Mm -hmm. oh, wow. You did your time. I learned. I to some, I, learned a skill a chance. Set.
1: I got these skills to be able to do something better for and myself. And you have a degree? Yep. 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 And, 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 and maybe we should get some... I, and I, I think we'll have to do this to further this conversation. Maybe we should get someone... Maybe we should speak to someone that also has this, this opposing viewpoint. Because it boggles my mind that you know that someone will go in jail ultimately they're going to be released and that you would sure. want them you you would think that you would want them to have all of the opportunities to not recommit and find themselves back in prison because that's once again that's your tax dollars at work that's pro, that's a possible public crime that's that's going to be uh committed in uh in your in your neighborhood all of these things you're like you would want to I would think that you would want to stop that and do that by any means necessary. Especially at the end of the day, you want your tax dollars to work for you. If I'm spending 12, if you're spending $12,000 a month per person,
2: but they're not thinking about that. People will pay. They'll, they'll rather pay those taxes to keep somebody in prison. If that means that they're ultimately going to be safe. Oh hell yeah. I don't care. I take my tax dollars, keep that motherfucker in jail.
1: I don't even know how to call it man. It just makes my
2: I don't know. I don't know either. It makes listen man. 11 billion dollars the government is taking 80% of these folks wages. If we even want to call it wages. Like I don't I don't know how anyone can actually find any justification for this particular type system to continue. It's it's clearly not working. Clearly not working.
1: The prison industrial complex is is insidious as fuck, man. We were just talking about it not too long ago with this whole uh, when we did that uh, when we talked about it in our um, off the cuff not too long ago, where there were police they were had a point system for yeah. the community in in in, uh, in Atlanta, and how folks were getting hemmed up so that they could pay these fees, these court these court fees, and then what happens? God forbid you got a warrant out, a bench warrant. Yeah. Jesus Christ.
2: That's and I think one of the one of the traps that a lot of aspiring activist organizers fall into when it comes to this topic is they focus a lot on private prisons, right? They told me always want private prisons Calculate a very small number of prisons. If really? you get rid of all, it's a very small number. If you oh, get rid of, do you know? Do you know what? The, I'm I'm not doubting you. I'm just trying to be no, informed. No, no, no. I, I want to say that out of because all, I, I want to say that it's is less than ten to fifteen percent of all prisons. It's a really small number. It's not. Most prisons are not private or owned. But I, think no, that's I thought that that was
1: part of the whole debate that's been raging as of no. recently, that
2: these private prisons
1: are starting to bubble up and replace these federal prisons because they see that they've got these contracts mm-hmm. and they can
2: make this money. I thought, that, nope. I thought that that was the case. That's why I asked you about the numbers. Here it is right here. There's 158 private prisons in this country. 158, okay. 158, wow. right? And out of that 158, less than hundred and fifty thousand people are in private prisons. So when you think about it, it's it's not nearly. You said less than hundred and fifty thousand. A less than 150,000 yep. And we know that
1: we know that there are literally millions of people in the prisons. Millions
2: of people. So the private prison population has declined sixteen percent since reaching its peak in twenty twelve. In its peak, it was 137. But it doesn't make up largely the amount of people in private prisons as we think. Private prisons is not the issue, right? Mm -hmm. Because when we get hung up on the private prisons component and trying to shut them down, that's only a small percentage. I think what people should be focusing on, one, I think people should be engaged with prisoners in general, writing them, supporting their families, those types of things. But I think the bigger thing is the privatization of prisons in general. What I mean by privatization of prisons in general, I'm talking about food. Food is coming from a whole outside network, a whole company, Aramark, these other companies who get these contracts from the government to come in and give prisoners subpar food. So you have the laundry services, you have the shoes, you have the uniforms. All of these things are privatized from other companies who come in and supply all that. And not to mention, the, the, you mentioned the cell phones earlier. I mean, the phones. Mm-hmm. But not only the cell phones, but for the people who are on probation or parole, Yeah, the monitoring devices devices yeah, are also yeah. privatized. It's a, mm-hmm. listen, the whole system is a form of oppression and slavery for people. As long as they have people in prisons, you'll always have a workforce. Hmm. Always going to have a workforce. Yeah. Listen, so when people start talking about defunding and abolishing and all those things, I think those things are great. But when we start talking about the prison industrial complex, it is so many layers to it clearly like
1: so then the question like the question i'm going to ask you as an advocate is where do you start first for me as we're having this discussion and i know it sounds unbalanced but as sure. we're having this conversation i feel like we should be dealing with the prison portion of it first before we get into the policing portion because if there's no if there is a refined or better defined way of incarcerating people, it makes it more difficult for police to then forcibly put people in jail and to do all the things that we know that they do out on the street. So where do you think we should start? Should it start with the abolition or do you think it should start with the actual prison portion first?
2: I think it's, I don't think you can start with just one, right? But if I had to pick one, I'm starting with the prisoners. I'm starting with the people who are inside. I'm trying to make sure that I can meet their needs, right? Whatever needs that they may be, because a lot of them don't have the resources to get adequate representation. They're not getting adequate medical care. They're not getting adequate dental care, mental health care. They're not getting their actual needs met i think starting with the prisoners first and one of the best ways of doing that is connecting with the prisoners and making sure that they're having a connection with their families who are on the street mm-hmm. one of the biggest ways of making sure someone doesn't go back to prison is when they come home Feeling they, had they healthy, have healthy stable life relationships with people yep. in the community i think that's just yep. the first step and then i think through that there's political education there's all these different types of things but in order to shut down the prison system it's it's such a large but doable undertaking that literally you got to have legislation you got people in the right places it, it, there's just so many areas yeah yeah but the private prison population mm-hmm. makes up 8% of the total prison population in America only Eight percent. So when I say that, it's really important for folks to understand that private prisons are a horrendous evil thing, but woo, the whole system is trash. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. All right. Right
1: about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of <laughs> oh, wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. L, what's up, man?
2: Man, I just want to be tell folks, man, that uh COVID is still out there. No, <laughs> like, now, Elgin, case, the pandemic is over, man. The pandemic just just is over. People have, you know, forgotten. Uh, I'm not saying that you need to take such, you know, some of the precautions that we took early in the pandemic. But I do think that you still need to be mindful of it. I think large crowds uh, and all these other types of things, you, you have to be very, very careful. Because again, it's not so much about the people who are, quote unquote, healthy, getting this horrible virus is the people who are not healthy, who can't fight. People are still dying from this disease, I mean, from this virus, like it's still happening. And I know the summer is here. And when the summer comes, we haven't been outside in a while. Concerts are opening up bars. Family, please, please, please just be careful and take care of yourself. And just watch your surroundings because when there's poor people and you have heat, yeah, poor people heat crime, poor people heat violence. Please, just we've seen an uptake in those types of things in our communities. Please be safe,
1: yeah, no doubt, man. It's it's interesting that you say that I took my son and when he turned thirteen, we after maybe a couple of weeks afterwards, we took him I took him to the doctor for his checkup or whatever and talked to the doctor and she was like, Yeah, people keep acting like this thing is done and it's not done. And the numbers, at least at the time, she's like the numbers, especially with young kids that are getting sick and then turn getting their parents and their family sick. The numbers are a lot higher now than they were this time last year, she said. That's true. And mind you, because because you're not hearing as much for people to get vaccinated anymore, I think people have fallen back on that. Cause I don't, to be very honest, I'll be, I mean, I want to be as transparent as possible. I don't know what the percentage is of people in America that have been vaccinated at this point. But part of the whole process was, was, hey, getting that information out there so that we can get a certain number of people vaccinated so that all of us can have herd immunity and we don't have to really worry about all this stuff. And I don't think we met that number by the time that messaging stopped. So I dude, I we my wife and I mm-hmm. went to go see Dave Chappelle last week near over here. And I felt like I was the only mother me and her, we felt like we were the only motherfuckers that were in there with the mask on. Yeah. yeah. Whole whole stadium where the, oh, the, oh, oh, the wow
2: host. stigma around Wild stigma around wearing a mask. I think even now, more so during because the them. Like,
1: yeah, folks are taking masks off now. So you walk in there with a mask and people look at you like like you're crazy. I'm not going to lie. I went to the, go pump gas at the gas station the other day. Local police was inside of the damn joint. I'm like one of two people wearing a mask in there and the only black dude coming in there with a the damn mask on. So I, I could feel the stairs burning a hole in the back of my head. But it is what it is. All right, man, what's up for me this week is watching this January 6th committee hearing that's been placed on TV and the information that's coming out of that has been nuts for me. They talked about a woman that Trump basically pinpointed, two black women, a mom and a daughter who were volunteers in Atlanta to help to count the, the ballots. They said that there was a suitcase of ballots uh, that were taken out in a briefcase, in a suitcase, and throw thrown in the trash or some nonsense like that. And what ended up happening that was Trump and his allies named these two women specifically, to the point that they had death threats, had mobs show up at their house, Um, a publicist slash. Publicist slash spokesperson for the Trump administration, who was actually helping Kanye West run for office, set up some elaborate scheme to try and force this woman to com, com, to com, um, to commit to a crime or admit, excuse me, admit to a crime of throwing away these ballots, or that that she was going to get thrown in jail. Like the thing gets nuts to the point that the FBI literally had to swoop in, get this 65-year-old grandmother and her daughter and swoop them off to an undisclosed location where where they've been staying for the past several months. They played the phone calls, my guy. Folks calling, this woman was calling 911 and you could hear people yelling and banging on her goddamn door like they were ready to come in and lynch her. This whole shit has been bananas, man. And I, 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 I told you, man. Nothing more sensitive in this world than angry white people, my guy. You tell nothing. a white person that you can't, they can't do a certain thing, or that they're in the nothing. wrong for some. It's, it's a wrap. L, where can folks find you if they want to find you, man?
2: At Elgin Bailey on all your favorite social media platforms except Facebook, Instagram. Try me on Twitter. I'll be there
1: okay and i'm big oh mr in the black himself you can find me on twitter and on instagram at mr underscore in the black and i want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the in the black podcast you could have been anywhere else in the world but you chose to kick it with us and we appreciate it make sure you follow us across social media at in the black pdcst on facebook twitter and on instagram make sure that you follow us on YouTube, you can go and check out some of our videos on there over there. And please. please, if you're so inclined, come on over and join the family. It doesn't hurt you. It won't. I mean, we don't bite. At least, at least I don't. I'm not aggressive. Elgin is a totally no. Different. I am
2: aggressive. I I am aggressive, and yeah, but man. I won't bite you though. Because you probably ain't got your shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick, nigga, I am you supposed ass ass to be the one to have the shots. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, 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 I'm gonna bite you. You gotta have your shots. Take care of you. But
1: as always, until next time, inform intelligent,
2: in the black. Peace. Peace. What the hell is wrong with you? Something wrong with you, man. <laughs> this
0: is this is
2: the In the Black podcast.
0: In the black, bro. <laughs> And it's now one of the best podcasts I ever heard though. I do like y'all. <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah. What? what up? up? Brethren, I'm black. i <laughs> Listen. Oh. In the black podcast, And y'all lied. It's all facts. You don't like that. the fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast. If you ain't raw, then oh, y'all whack. Informed <laughs> intelligent elements. Always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest of them are excrement. In the black podcast. The truth, like the testament. Don't know, no, black up Hebrew, I'm a specialist. So, what the podcast brought, just mess with this Like said, they might cheat, who don't so effortless. I listen, then I learn, when they listen, then My benefit. Reporting current events, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite a scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, ease of the facts. Bringing them to your residence. In your house, in your tenement. Listening Here intelligence. Body filled with melody, power. That's what so we're setting right in the stars, bringing some light back to the yes. yeah. In the black podcast, the black podcast, your lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, the fuck <laughs> back. back. In the black podcast, they one down, who looks like watch, peer chat with you, not. In the black podcast, the your lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, before fuck back. In the black podcast, we all lost. We all lost. We them lost. of them black <Yeah>. Like that, though. <laughs> yeah, man, so yeah. this is. The black what up, DJ?